God bless how we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee tonight for the privilege that we have of coming to Thee in the name of the Lord Jesus, as He has bid us to do so. And He said, Ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. We believe that, Lord, with all of our hearts. And we pray that you forgive us for all of our mistakes, our shortcomings, and we'll sanctify this little gathering tonight to the honor and glory of thy name. We ask it in the name of thy child, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Be seated. <clears throat> just coming in the door just now and meeting uh, many good friends of mine that I have met before, and some of them just returned from overseas. Uh, uh, Brother Duplessis, uh, Brother Rasmussen, another bosom friend, and Clara Hudson, and many others that was greeting me at the door and in the way coming in. It just makes me feel real good to see them all back again. I just wonder what it will be, Brother Joseph, when we cross over the line and see them all in glory. And when we have that great wedding supper set where all the redeemed of all ages will be gathered there, and we'll reach across the table and shake each other's hands, won't that be a wonderful time? We're looking with great anticipation for that time. Now, yesterday I had two sermons preached to you yesterday, and you were very patient with them, so I'm uh, thankful to you that you had grace enough to come back on a Monday night. And so I thought tonight it would be good that if we uh, give all of our time tonight to gifts and the working of uh, the miracles and divine healing, just a little talk before we have a prayer line. And then Brother Joseph called me up today and told me he wanted me to preach for a year, teach rather, tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. And uh, if the Lord doesn't change my mind... I want to teach on the signs of the time we're living, uh, if the Lord willing, tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Is that in this auditorium or the church auditorium? Tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock at Philadelphia Church. And tomorrow night, I thought it good, you know, you just been so hard for me to uh, keep the American people from understanding that you don't have to lay hands on people. They've just been taught that all their life, so they just believe that. And, um, after I leave uh, uh, Thursday night, uh, Mr. Osborne's coming in, T.L. Osborne, a marvelous brother who has a wonderful ministry, and perhaps others who will be here and uh, that I've seen advertised in the paper. And um, I'm trying to think of that little fellow's name now, uh, Hicks, Tommy Hicks, and Ogilvy is to be in the meeting. Thank you, Brother Joseph. Brother, I can remember Brother Hicks coming, but the Ogilvy. And um, so they're to be here, and they are our man who pray and lay hands on the sick. But you know, it is home here in the home church, and my home school, and and the Lane Tech here in Chicago. I think tomorrow night, God willing, we'll just have a line of laying on hands and praying for the sick. I've heard so many of them say, "Brother Brandon, if you just touch me, I get well." Well, you know that's what faith is, is what you believe. And um, Jeriah said, you come lay your hands on my daughter and she'll be well. But the Romans said, you don't have to come under my roof, just speak the word and my servant will live. So it's according to your faith. So I haven't had one for a long time. And being to preach twice tomorrow, I thought tonight I'd take it just a little easy 
and preach twice tomorrow and have one of those lines for Tuesday night and continue on as usual on Wednesday. I hope that pleases the Holy Spirit and pleases the people. It's my uh, desire always is to please God first and then try to make burdens just as light for my fellow man as I possibly can. Since the Lord has given me his love and grace in my heart and told me that he saved me and, and I have had such a feeling for his people and especially the sick ones it seems to be the Lord has blessed it marvelously praying for the people and some some of the most outstanding things that, that I, I've ever read of I've seen our Lord do it now friends they said about a fourth of the congregation are not as strangers uh, maybe our first time meeting. And I don't claim that I'm a healer. I, I know I'm not. I claim that Jesus is a healer that has already purchased your healing. And by his stripes you were healed already. See, by his, by his death you was saved. If you're a sinner, you're already saved in the sight of God. And you will not be condemned as long as the blood of the Lord Jesus is atoning for you, that's the reason that God doesn't slay you right now. But if you die without mercy, without accepting his mercy, then you stand as a sinner in the front of God, you're already condemned. But now, if you, God, the sin question was settled when Jesus died at Calvary. He's taken away the sin of the world. Now, and if you receive the benefits of that by accepting it as your own personal, as he as your own personal Savior now, and if you accept it, then you're free because Christ has made you free. But if you reject it, you have judged yourself and you've judged him not worthy to, and not able to save you. And the same thing by healing. For he was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes we were healed. Now God has said in the church, gifts, and those gifts God set in the church. And I know there is probably Presbyterian, Lutheran, myself, a Baptist. And so then you wonder then why we all gather together under one fellowship like this. Now I don't miserably despise Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, or whoever that doesn't agree with me on scriptures. I just think maybe that God hasn't revealed it to you, or maybe you just don't understand it. But friend, to tell me that it doesn't happen, you'd be just a little too late, I don't see it happen, see, I, I know that it's true. And I know that he is, and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I believe that God hasn't lost any of his power. I believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever in every way. Now, I can show you in the Bible where God gave his church the authority by using his name by faith to cast out evil spirits, to heal the sick, and to do great signs and wonders. I can show you where it was given to the church, but there's no record in Bible nowhere where he ever took that power away from the church or said he would take it away from the church. But this gospel of this same deliverance was to be preached to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And we were to be witnesses of him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. At this gospel and these signs 
was to follow the believer until he comes again. Go ye into all the world. Mark 16. Just only one third of it knows about Jesus now, after 1900 years. Into all the world and preach the gospel. Now the gospel's not the word only, but making the word manifest. Paul said so. Gospel came not in word only. But through the power and manifestation of the Holy Spirit is the gospel, must be preached to every nation, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now we just can't cut that out. We've got to face it. That's right. We've got to face it. And now, many times today, I know, Christian friends, that there's been many mockeries made out of those things. We can expect that. If there wasn't any mockery, well, there wouldn't be any doubt. But we have, as long as you see there's a bogus dollar, remember that dollar was made off of a real dollar. When you see somebody impersonating a Christian, just remember there's a real Christian he patterned off of somewhere. Down in India, you get, when you go down to the there in Bombay and different places, you find just religious clowns, I call them. They lay out on spikes, they'll walk through fire, they'll cut themselves and do all kinds of enchantments and so forth to get some money. They're only clowning. Way back in the interior there, there's a man true, honest at heart, is cutting himself, walking through fire, trying to appease the God that he serves. See, but this out on the side is a hypocrite to that, to that heathen worshiper, but he's only trying to make money out of it. And we have man today that goes through the land. Now, not only evangelists who pray for the sick, but all around. And we have people in our churches who impersonate each other, trying to say now, because she did it, I will too. Because he did it, I will too. That's hypocrisy. You are what you are by the grace of God. And just be yourself. God will love you better. And the people will love you better too if you'll just be yourself. Be honest and sincere in what you do. God will bless your efforts. And now, here a few days ago, a man, I was reading a book where a man wrote a terrible article against me. I believe I mentioned it yesterday or sometime. And about how did he know a man that I'd prayed for, had called out in the audience, and he was healed of a trouble for two years, and he come back on him, and he said, that shows that divine healing's wrong. Better the man would have stayed healed. <clears throat> well, the doctor would differ with him there, even. <laughs> so, but I think that a, a person trying to introduce to a nation and to a world that's almost atheistic now, a man that'll breathe the name of the Lord Jesus and claim to be his servant, I believe if a man would represent me, and I was a sinner, would represent me to the public like some people represent the Lord Jesus, I'd be willing to have him arrested and put in jail. That's right. While they try to say that he's a weakling. Why, he, he, he was a God who lived many years ago, but he doesn't live today. It's just some little book or something that we keep a few creeds of his life was. No, sir, I do not believe that. I believe that he's just as live and real today as he was when he opened the Red Sea and the children of Israel marched through. Just as real today as he went into the fiery furnace with the Hebrew children to the lion's den with Daniel or stood on the banks of the Galilee and restored the leper to his normal conditions. Or touched the woman, touched him with a blood issue. I believe he's just the same Lord Jesus today. 
just as real and just as alive as he ever was. I think there's no fault with him, the fault's in us. Amen. I think that's where the fault is. Now let's get the fault out. Now, just like I said, if a doctor, a good doctor, though he'd have to cut you, if you got a cancer, let's cut the thing out, get rid of it. If you got a tumor, let's operate and get the thing out. If it's a bad appendix or the birth, take it out if it does hurt. Let's get rid of it. And if old unbelief and selfishness and denominations are, are absolutely binding us and separating us and separating brotherhood and the fellowship of Christ, let's get rid of the thing and get right with God and get out into the harness and, and serve the Lord. Now, in the book, it's taught over there that God has placed in the church five ministering gifts. First is apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Those gifts God places in the church sovereignly. Now, those gifts God places in the church. Then, when you become in the body of Christ, then there's nine spiritual gifts that goes in every local church body. And those are gifts that you're to pray for. To pray for the gift of uh, speaking with tongues or the gift of interpretation of tongues or these other uh, gifts that go into the church. Pray for the gifts of healing and pray for the gifts of miracles and so forth. That's the ones that you pray for and the Spirit comes on and works in each local assembly uh, to, in the perfecting of the church. Now, many times we've misjudged that, run over the marks and so forth, and that's what caused it, but we expect it. Uh, if it wasn't that way, I, I think there was something wrong with the program, because it's Satan trying to upset us, you see? So look, we believe that, and I believe to you Methodists and Presbyterians here tonight, I've seen many things since I've been over the Pentecostal ends that I didn't agree with. That's right. I've seen plenty of it. But what is it? I think one of the most gallantry man that I spoke to in a long time was Louis Petrus of Stockholm, Sweden. One day we were riding out in a car. He said, Brother Branham, Billy Grimm sat in the road, and that's when Billy had first started in evangelistic service, and we were talking, and he said, how long have you been Pentecostal? I said, ever since I received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he said, wasn't you Baptist first? I said, yes, sir. He said, so was I. And he said, I've seen him tearing up the furniture and kicking over the chairs. He said, but I know they had something. And I went with them so I could bring them back. Oh, I love that. I said, Brother Petrus, just a moment. Let me write that down. I want to keep that remark. I went with them so I could bring them back. Now, when I come into Pentecost, the Pentecostal people, I found one was a oneness and one was a twoness and one was a threeness and one baptized this way and that way. And one was this and one was that. They were broke up in one assembly and one united and one this. And you know what I did? I didn't join with any of them. I stayed free from their denominations and stayed between them so I could love them all the same time and bring them together. That's right. Because they're all brethren and they're all good men, good women. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. So therefore, I've never drawn a line no matter what the man was. What he believed, that didn't make, it's who he believes is what I'm thinking about, is the Lord Jesus. Now, if it's true that Jesus Christ, the Bible said in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, the Bible says he is. Then, if he is, then we can only interpret it that one way. And that's, you might try to place something different, but the Bible says Jesus Christ, the same just partially the same. He's the same. See? 
Yesterday, today, and forever. He has to be the same in principle, the same in power, the same in attitude, everything just like he was. Or the Bible's wrong. Is that right? The Bible's wrong. Well, then we'll find out if he is the same today. Now, this little talk before I read my scripture, and for a few moments, then we're going to go right into the praying for the sick. And this makes us a great night of praying for the sick. And tomorrow afternoon, the preaching. Now, I want to ask to the newcomer something. If he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, or what was he yesterday? That's what I want to know. What was he yesterday? And if we can find out what he was yesterday, he'll have to be the same thing today or the scripture's wrong. Is that right? The scripture's wrong. That Methodist and Presbyterian, all of you, let's just lay it down and look at it and see if it's right. If he was yesterday something and he isn't the same today, then the scripture's wrong and truly he died and the Mohammeds is right and the rest of them he's dead and buried and his disciples sold him away and, and that settled it. He's gone forever. Now that, if, if he isn't the same, if this book, if one word in it is wrong, to me it's all wrong. It's either every bit right or all wrong. If, if one scripture is not inspired, then to me there's none of them inspired. Right. A person is, is either a good man or he's not a good man. True. And that's the way God is, is he's still God or he's not God. And this is his word and he's duty bound to his word or either this is not his word. And we're all wrong in the Bible. But I'm so happy tonight to know this as a poor, illiterate man. But yet I am so thankful to know this that beyond one shadow of doubt, I know that this is his word and he's just the same and he's alive tonight and all other gods are, are failures and there's no other God. Outside of Almighty God and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is His Son, was God made manifest in flesh. They uh, truth, and by God's grace, through His divine gift, we can prove that beyond one shadow of doubt. And then, what kind of people should we be when we see that truth to us? When Jesus promised, when He was here on earth. Now we'll watch Him as He goes in His ministry, just for a few moments. This is for the newcomers. As he moved in his ministry, we found out he wasn't born a king, or he was a king when he was born, but not a, a earthly king. He was a heavenly king. And he wasn't received when he was born by the earth. No true messenger, listen now, no real true messenger to this day, or no day at any time, has ever been received by the world. No messenger of God has never been received by the world, and may I say this a little stout now, never did the ecclesiastic system of this world ever receive God's messenger. Think of that. Through all ages, when man makes their ecclesiastical system and God sends his messenger, they condemn it. Jesus said, which one of the prophets has your fathers not stoned? Which one of them? Three. Sure, they're always condemned when they have the message of God because it's contrary to man's thoughts of God. Man tries to make his own theory, see, and he can't do it. 
And we have to have people who will go after such. Because, as my father used to say, it takes all kinds of people to make up the world. And we've got them. Now, when he was here on earth, let's follow him just in one book. And that's the book of St. John. Let's follow him just for a few moments and see what he was yesterday. And then we can, we can kind of settle our minds what he is today then. Is that true enough? If we can follow him. Now to save time, you mark it in your Bible, St. John, the first chapter. Let's just go through it now. Just I'll take a few instances mentally. Here, of course, each one of the writers wrote the same thing. And maybe they never wrote it, they wrote the same instant, but maybe if you stood here and seen something someone said over here, you might be just a little different, but it's the same instant. Now, in St. John 1, when Jesus was born, and then we know the story, and when he entered his ministry, after his temptation, immediately when he entered his ministry, he entered it preaching the gospel to the poor, because the rich had refused him. And another thing, he began healing the sick. Did you notice that? Well then, if God's program, as some people put it, God wants man to suffer for his glory, then Jesus come down to do the will of the Father. He said he did, did he? And why did he heal those sick and afflicted then? If he come to do the will of God, who makes them sick, the will of God says man today that God makes people sick so that he can show his, his glory in their patience, and then Jesus comes down and takes all that sickness off of them, then he defeated the purpose that the Father sent him for. He ought to come down and made everybody sick. That would have been the purpose of the Father then. But you see how different man make it from what God has it? Now, does that sound reasonable? Is that Bible? Now, look at the small group tonight. They're talking heart to heart. When Jesus met his disciples, all began to follow him. And we find there was a man by the name of Peter got saved. And the strange thing, when he came to Jesus, Jesus knew who that man was. Now, that was a strange thing, wasn't it? When he came, he said, Why, well, uh, uh, you're Simon, the son of Jonas, said, but from here after you'll be called Peter. You are Simon. Your father was Jonas. So I'm going to call you Peter, which Peter means little stone. And so I'm going to call you little stone from this on. That was a strange thing for a man who had never seen him yet, knowed his name and knowed who his daddy was and all about him. It was kind of strange. But that was Jesus yesterday. If that's Jesus yesterday, that's got to be Jesus today if he's the same. Is that right? Then we find out that another fellow got converted by the name of Philip. And he had a good friend out of the Orthodox Church. So he went around a mountain a few miles and found his friend under a tree praying. So he said, come see who we found, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And this fellow very sponsored and been taught in the Orthodox Jewish religion. He raised up and said, now looking here, Philip, could there be any good thing come out of a city like Nazareth? And I think Philip gave him the best answer that anybody can. Come and see. You hear people criticize this and criticize that? Go find out for yourself. That's the way. I'm going to speak on that in a few moments. Come find out for yourself. So he said, all right, I'll go with you. And around the hill they come, and they walked up. Jesus praying for the sick. 
and the Jews all standing there condemning him, finding fault with him. And you know, if you go to a meeting to find fault with it, the devil is sure anoints you. You can sure find fault. You go to get the good out of it, God will anoint you. You'll get the good out of it. So there they were all standing there anointed with the devil. The Bible said they were. Jesus said they were. They were anointed with the with the, the devil, and the believers were anointed with God. And so Philip come up and brought up Nathaniel coming with him, like somebody bring him to the meeting. And when Jesus looked over and seen him, he said, Behold an Israelite, in whom there is no guile. Now, if I'd say that and break it down, it'd be, there's a, a real Christian believer, a real truthful man, some of that order. While the man said, now, wait a minute, I've never seen that man, never heard of him, just uh, yesterday since Philip told me, and here we arrive here on the ground, and that man, as soon as I walk up in this line, tells me that I am a believer. How does he know I'm a believer? And how does he know I'm honest? He said, Rabbi, whence knowest thou me? When did you know me? Jesus looked at him a moment. And he said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the tree praying, and Philip come up, I saw you. Why, he said, Rabbi, you're the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. That was the, that was the true Orthodox believer. Jesus said, Because I told you this, that I saw you under the tree over yonder, and know you was a good man, and never seen him alive because I told you that. Do you believe me? Yes, Lord. He said, you'll see greater things than this then. Come follow me now. And what did the Jews say? The Jews said, you know what that guy is? He's Beelzebub. Now, he's a fortune teller. And he's got mental telepathy. And the devil inspires him to do that. See, they can't find a loophole, so they just make up their own words. And say, he's inspired of the devil. The devil does that. He's Beelzebub. Jesus turned around to them. Now what? That was Jesus yesterday. Is that right? Well, if he's the same, he'll have to do the same today or he's not the same. Is that true? He has to be the same today. And then those leaders, they, Jesus turned to those leaders. Now listen. Watch Jesus now what he said. Listen close. He said, Whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man... It shall be forgiven him. But when the Holy Ghost has come, and you speak the word against that. Now, in other words, the only way that would be, Jesus is speaking of today then, see, because Jesus is in a corporal body then. The corporal body has been lifted for a sin offering at the throne of God, and the Holy Spirit, which is Christ, the Spirit of Christ, is here today. He said, Now you are here on earth. You speak against this and call me Beelzebub, because the scripture went on and said, because they said that he had an unclean spirit, calling the spirit of God in the man an unclean spirit of devil. He said, you speak against it now to me, I'll forgive you. But when the Holy Ghost has come and you speak against it, it'll never be forgiving you in this world or the world will come. What a stern warning for this day then, in his resurrection power, when he's here. Now, that's what he said. That's his remark. Now, let's go just a little farther. A few days later, he's going down to Jericho. Oh, wait. And it goes right straight from Jerusalem to Jericho, if you've ever visited Palestine. But he goes up around Samaria. He had need to go to Samaria. wonder why. 
Now we'll find out in a few minutes why he went up there. The Father had told him to go up there. That's all the way up around the mountain, this way, instead of going down. But he went up to Jericho, uh, from, not to Jericho, but to Samaria, pardon me, and he sat down by well and sent his disciples away. When he sent them away, out come a woman of Samaria and said, um, Jesus looked at her. He's a young man of about 30 years old, 32. And he said, Woman, bring me a drink. And she said, It's not customary for you Jews to ask these Samaritans such. We have no dealings with one another. And you're a young man. Now the woman was an ill thing. Said, You're a young man, ask me such a question. Jesus said, But if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me to give you a drink. Why, she said, Where are you going to draw it with? You haven't got no bucket, no rope, wells deep. How could you give me any water? He said, But the water that I give is waters of life, bringing up into the soul. Why, she said, Now, she seen he was religious then. He said, Well, now look, said, Our fathers worship in this mountain, but you say at Jerusalem. And uh, you're greater than this well that our fathers dug and, and they so forth. And Jesus went on with the conversation. Now, here's my interpretation. He was contacting her spirit. The father sent him up there, but there was a woman. Now, just a minute, and I'll prove that to the scripture. After he found the water trouble us, he said, go get your husband and come here. She said, I don't have any husband. He said, that's right, you got five. She turned and looked at him. Who is this young fellow in the middle age here? This Jew sitting here. She said, Rab, she said, Sir, I perceive or I understand by this what you told me that you're a prophet. Now she never said he's Beelzebub. She said he was a prophet. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now listen. What the Samaritans saw. Now you see what the Jews saw. When the Jew come and see him do his sign, he said, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. Now, what's the Samaritans going to say? The Samaritans said, I perceive that you're a prophet, and we know that when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. But she couldn't understand who he was. Said, you must be a prophet, but we know that we're looking for the coming of the Messiah. And when the Messiah comes, he's going to do this sign. Jesus said, I'm he that speaks to you. Oh, my. If that was the sign of the Messiah yesterday, it's the Messiah's sign today. If he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? A woman a few days after that, he was passing through a crowd going to heal a little sick girl. And a woman touched his garment. She said in herself, if I can touch him, I'll be well. He's a holy man. And I believe him to be just what he says he is. She touched his garment, and, and she ran back and hid herself in a crowd. Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? And everybody, she and all of them, nobody, no, I ever touched it. And Peter always, you know, with his boldness, he stood out and said, Lord, how could anybody tell? Everybody's touching you. And why sayest thou who touched me? Why stop the, the procession as we're going on? Stand here saying, who touched me? Who touched me? When everybody's just there loving around you and everything. He said, yes, but I got weak. Somebody touched me with faith. That's the way today we're lolling around the church and calling ourselves Christians, but I wonder where the faith is that brings the virtue. 
calling ourselves reverend and doctor and bishop. And, uh, I just wonder where the faith touches that. Holy Father and so forth, all night. We love great names and titles, don't we? Jesus said, your brethren. But anyhow, we, we go and sing our anthems like we were the angelic choir and sing with an overtrained voice with a, a, a hold a note to your blue in the face. That's not singing. I like this real good singing like I heard coming on the platform tonight. A brother in Sweden and singing down from his glory. It's my favorite song. And to see the people who touched me, everybody denied. But Jesus looked around over the crowd until he found where that was flowing from, that strength was coming. He found the little woman. And he told her, Your faith has made you whole. And she came and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Now, if that was Jesus yesterday, that's got to be Jesus today. Is that right? If he's the same yesterday today. Going down in St. John 5 now. Going down to the pool of Bethesda. He comes to a great multitude of people. Thousands. Laying there, laying, halt, blind, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And Jesus, a few days after that woman touched him, went right down to that bunch of people. And people say he was full of compassion. He was. But... Godly compassion. Not human sympathy, but godly compassion. Quite a difference. Certainly is. Like the two kinds of love. One's affectionate and the other's divine. And so he passed down through that pool, like this would be in this hole here, this pit. And there lay thousands of people in there, lame, halt, blind, and withered. Many historians have told us a great pathetic sight. They stabbed one another trying to get in when the angel come on the water. And Jesus passed through that and went by the afflicted and blind and everything and found a man laying on a little pallet laying there that had uh, probably prostate trouble or something. He had it 38 years. It was retarded. He had that trouble when I was a baby. <laughs> so you can just think of that difference in the age. Now, here he is laying on a pallet and Jesus walked up to him, leaving the blind, afflicted and twisted and halt and maimed, and said, Will thou be made whole? Isn't that strange? Emmanuel? What? Was that Jesus yesterday? That was. According to the Word. And I'm embarrassing to doubt one word of it. But the Bible said he walked by them, lame, halt, blind, and withered. Scripture said so. And he found this man that wasn't too bad. He could walk. He couldn't race very good because someone beat me to the pool. So he said, I, I hate to walk, he could get around, he wasn't blind, lame, halt. But he had some kind of a retarded disease. Had it 38 years. And Jesus said, take up your bed and go into your house. Jesus walked away and left that crown. What? That's what the scripture says. Right? The man was found packing his bed because it was a Sabbath. And Jesus was questioned. And Jesus gave him the answer in my closing. The Jews, you think he'd be questioning today? You think today if Chicago would say, Mr. Branham, we understand you pray for the sick, so we're going to empty every hospital and put them out here in Soldier's Field or whatever the place is out here, some of these big stadium places, and we're going to lay all the hospital cases all around here, everywhere, every doctor's going to be there and everything, and we will sure invite you to Chicago. Come on up. Thank you. The Lord willing, I'll be there. 
I went walking down through there. Mr. Graham, could you heal one? No, it isn't me that doeth the works, it's the Father. <laughs> Is that what Jesus said? Right. He walked down through the crowd, walked away, and said, Well, the Father never showed me anything, walk away. What do you think the doctors would say? What do you think the mayor would say? What do you think the preachers would say? They'd be the first one to kick. <laughs> I told you there wasn't nothing to it. But Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Does the Bible say that? He's the same. Now the Jews question Jesus. Now listen, here's his words. St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. That was Jesus yesterday. That's Jesus today. What promise did he give? The works that I do shall you also. Is that right? I'll be a little while and the world won't see me no more. That's the unbeliever. They wouldn't believe him no matter what happened. They didn't believe him then. They didn't believe that God was in Christ. They certainly didn't believe it. People don't believe it today. They say he was just a prophet, a good man. He was God. Certainly he was God. They didn't believe God was in Christ. And now he said, as the Father has sent me to do his will, listen to so send I you. And the things that I do shall you also. More than this shall you do. Of course, it'd be, he could spread more. He's one person, God was then. God's in thousands now. More than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. See? Now, watch this. That was Jesus yesterday. That's Jesus today. Now, the true servant of God never takes credit for anything. He gives credit to God. And... The truth of God's word that at Calvary the emancipation of the proclamation was signed by the blood of the Lord Jesus and everything that Satan ever did to you, he was stripped of every power he had at Calvary. And we tonight as his servants stand to serve the public in the name of the Lord Jesus claiming to the people that the work has been finished and will be granted to whosoever will according to your faith. Now, do you understand it? That's Jesus, the saint. Now, he put it in the Word, writing, and he sent prophets. He sent gifts. He placed it all in the church for the perfecting of the church. Now, it's practically time right now to start. And I'm just going to make one little quotation from the Scripture here. For just about five to ten minutes, we're going to start with all the rest of time in prayer for the sick. It's found in St. Matthew, the seventh chapter, and the forty-second verse. Now, I want you to listen real closely. Now, that was for the newcomers. This is for all. Now, listen to what Jesus said. He's speaking to his disciples and to the Pharisees and Sadducees and so forth. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. May God add his blessings to the word. 
David one day sitting in the presence of Nathan the prophet, and he said, Is it nice for me to live in a house of cedar and the ark of my God be under tent? And Nathaniel or Nathan being a real prophet of God, but you know, prophets are just man that's anointed time after time by the Spirit. There are eagles who go up and foresee things. They can't go up on their own power. The eagle can't go up on his own power. The wind has to pick him up. And it takes the Holy Spirit wind to pick the prophet up. To take him away in order to see things. See things back this way or things back that way. But he can't lift by his own power. He has wings and he is... Now, the pigeon could never lift that far. Neither could the robin or no other bird could lift like the eagle. Because he's just... His, his parts... He's made up to lift up. He's a heavenly bird that soars above all the birds. He's an eagle. And now when he's down, he's just a bird. But when he's, he was sitting with David, he said, David, do all that's in your heart, for God is with you. I love that. And that night, the Lord appeared to his prophet and said, Go tell my servant David... You was a little fella, and I took you from the sheep coat, from feeding your father's flock, to give you a great name among men. And I've been with you, and I have caused those who contrary you, and so forth. But I can't let you build this temple. But ever since to the judges, I've never spoke to one. But I went from tent to tent, and from tabernacle to tabernacle. Chronicles, I believe about the 7th chapter, or 12th chapter, uh, First Chronicles. And it said, I have went from tent to tent, and I have not dwelt in a house, but your son I'll raise up, and he will build me a house, and I'll establish his throne forever and forever. Now, all Israel looked for the time of the coming, the son of David, that was promised in the lineage of David. And they know that that would be the Messiah. If we had time now to base this down and give the point, but I'll just hurry. So when Solomon, which was the successor of David, when he came, God anointed Solomon and gave him a gift. God always has given gifts to lead his people. Search the scriptures. Gifted human beings has led God's people. And so he, Solomon prayed for a gift of wisdom, and God gave him the gift of wisdom to lead the people. And Solomon's age was called the golden age of Israel. It was a type or a foreshadow of the coming of the Lord Jesus in the great millennium, when the whole world will live in a golden age. And Solomon foreshadowed Jesus and when, with one gift and when Jesus came he had all the gifts God gave him the spirit without measure and he came and when he was greater he just said the prophet preached at Nineveh because there was a miracle done and a gifted spirited prophet went in in the belly of a whale where all the men of the people got on the coast so they fished 
And all the fishermen out there, wicked as they were, the whale run in and opened up his mouth, and the prophet stepped out. And it was a sign. And with the anointing, he preached to people who didn't know which is right and left hand until the city the size of St. Louis, Missouri, repented and put sackcloth on their animals and repented at the preaching of Jonas. Jesus said for He said, they'll raise up in the day of judgment and condemn this generation. They had one sign. Anointed prophet preached one message. And the whole city repented. And he said, yet I'll say to you, there's one greater than Jonas here. And they wouldn't repent. The world gets darker and darker, farther away all the time. Knowledge increases and wisdom and so forth, worldly speaking, and the kingdom of God suffers on down. Notice, he said, and the queen of the south, which was the queen of Sheba, she'll raise in this generation and condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And yet I say unto you that a greater than Solomon is here. Notice, he was condemning them because they hadn't recognized that the anointed spirit that was on him of God. They tried to class him as a madman. They tried to class him as a, a devil-possessed man, doing miracles by the devil. He said, those people... And you great ecclesiastics, in other words, who sits over here with your fancy buttons and your love to be called doctor and rabbi. And the people in Nineveh, who didn't even know which is right and left hand, repented when they saw the sign of the anointed prophet Jonas come out of the belly of the whale after being there three days to give a message. Uh, ignorant, illiterate people will raise up in the day of judgment and condemn you, Ecclesiastes. You see it? And he said the queen of Sheba, a heathen country, pagan, come and hear the wisdom of Solomon. Yet being a pagan, and she will rise in the judgment and condemn you, bunch of preachers. Because she comes from the uttermost parts of civilization to hear the wisdom of Solomon. See, he was a parading man because many signs have been done of the Messiah's signs and they still refuse to hear it. Hard-hearted. Oh, they were indoctrinated. Oh, my, my. They had BA and BD and all kinds of degrees. But they failed to see that he was the Messiah. They failed to recognize that though the Scripture said that those things would be. And may I stop here a minute and say, my manager said a few weeks ago, if God doesn't send judgment up on this United States soon, to be a just God, he'll have to resurrect Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize to him. Right. It's become one great, big, vulgar house of prostitution. 
the worst in the world. The divorce rates are higher here than anywhere else in the world. And naked, half-dressed women on the streets and drinking and crousing and every one of them church members nearly. Oh, you pastor, that'll stand and let your congregation get by with such as that. More damnation will be heaped upon you. And God will require their blood at your hand. Then make fun of divine healing and the power in the resurrected Lord Jesus proving that he's alive. You hear? Now, look what a price that Queen of Sheba had to pay. You know how long it takes her to travel? Two months. When Solomon's gift was recognized among the people, that he was a gifted man, that God was with Solomon. Everybody come from everywhere to see Solomon. Because he had a divine gift that was an operation and it proved itself. The Bible said God will testify of his gifts. He always has. He always will. Uh, might be a lot of things said that wasn't right, but God will testify of his gifts. You don't believe the Holy Spirit is the gift of God. Let it come on you one time. God will testify of his gifts. Now, everybody would come down into this country several hundred miles from Palestine, across the desert. Everyone would come by. The Queen of Sheba kept hearing, Oh, the great God of the Israelites has anointed a man and give him a gift. His name's Solomon. He's a king up there. Everyone must pass by. And all at once, Jesus said this when he was here on earth. No man can come to me except my father draws him. He said, you got eyes you can't see, you got ears and you can't hear. To fulfill the scripture, God had did that. Now, he said, no man can come to me except my father draws him first. But somehow down in the heart of that queen of Sheba, there was a desire to see this great gift of God. She wouldn't, she'd take the other man's word, but she wanted to see it for herself. That's just exactly what Philip told Nathaniel. Said, come and see for yourself. One will criticize it, don't take what somebody else says, come see yourself. The scripture says, taste and see the Lord is good. Try it once. Boy, one time eating an apple where an infidel was debating if there was no God. The boy peeled the apple and poured it, cut his mouth and started eating. He said, what do you want? Someone asked you a question. So what is it? He said, is this apple sweet or sour? He said, I don't know, I'm not eating. So that's just what I thought. And went back and sat down. <laughs> How do you know? Taste and see. Give God a chance. See if he'll take and give you glory for your misery. See if he'll give you happiness for your gloom. See if he'll give you health for your sickness. See if he'll give you the Holy Ghost for your theology. Try it and see. Taste and see the Lord is good. Just give him a chance. And the queen said, I'll go see for myself. Now I want you to notice what a sacrifice. When you come to see God, 
You don't just come on a flower bed of ease. You have to make a sacrifice. It's a sacrificial way. It's a way of death. You have to die out to come to Him. You have to forget all you ever know in order to learn of Him. Empty out that He can fill up. You don't mix it now. You have to empty out. So, look what she did. She got a caravan of camels. Not only that, but she come with gifts. She said, if it's true, I'm going to bring gifts. And she loaded it with gold and spices and cinnamon and costly array. And she set out a three-month journey through a hot, burning desert. Would you pay that kind of a sacrifice to see a gift of God in operation? Just wonder tonight. Um, if she's going to condemn us. Some won't walk across the street. But she went three months with slow camels. A lady. And look at the perils that's in the way. Them deserts was full of robbers. With all that treasure on. How that the robbers could have surrounded her. And it took her life. But she was willing. There was nothing going to stand in her way. She laid aside all of her theology. She come with an open heart. And she come the rough hard way. She come to see if the gift of God really operated. And she came. And when she finally arrived, she walked up to the palace. Solomon greeted her. Now she didn't come just to stay one night. She come to stay till she was convinced. But we'll go one night so I heard that guy speak. I seen this preacher where I know this about I oh I draw my idea that see, you don't even give him a chance. God has to work on the hard heart and all that stuff has been piled into you. You've got to get that out first, get you emptied out. Before it can ever get to you. She unpacked the camels and so forth and fixed the beds and got ready. She's going to camp a while. She was supposed to stay at the meeting. She was going to be convinced that it was neither right or wrong. Has she ever seen it in operation? She said, I'll believe it. So after she had been there for a while and she had seen the gift of God in Solomon, she said to Solomon, she said, I have heard many things. And I, and otherwise like this, I've heard many things that you, I could hardly believe. But God did miracles with Solomon there with his gifts. So the Bible says there was no more spirit left in her. And if you learn how that's spelt there in Second Kings, it's spelt with a little S, that's carnal spirit. Not capital spirit, carnal spirit, little, no more spirit left in her. All the doubts is gone. <laughs> All over. She said she made her confession. She said, I have heard 
the Lord God of Israel was with you. And I've come to see. And now I am convinced above any shadow of doubt that your God is the real God. And God has anointed you to lead His people. And I even see more than what I heard about. Jesus said she'll raise up with these generations and condemn it. And I say unto you, he said, that greater than Solomon is here. And I say to the audience tonight, that the queen of Sheba will raise in the judgment with the people of Chicago. And because you've listened to criticism and not tried to find out for yourself and will condemn this people. You don't have to. You get on a streetcar, automobile. Come out to the door and see the Lord Jesus moving among his people. But because some self-styled, smart, educated theologian told you that the days of miracles was past and Jesus didn't put power in his church no more, you've listened to that person. And who you listen to, that's whose servant you are. I'm glad to listen to the Holy Ghost. And be his servant. For Christ is raised from the dead. And here tonight, in his all of his magnificent power, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, or I'm found a false witness and the Bible untrue. Amen. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we do thank thee tonight for the Lord Jesus and for the resurrection and for the Holy Spirit. And knowing that we're living on the brink of a total annihilation in this nation tonight of ours. And you showed signs of back and forth and across the world. And still they won't repent. We don't expect them to, Father. We're just pointing out those who will. And we know that the time is at hand. Thou said, if they have called the master of the house, Beelzebub, how much more will they call they of his disciples? But let it be that the disciples return rejoicing and was happy to bear the reproach of the name of the Lord Jesus. And we join with that rank tonight, Lord, that we're happy that Jesus, the Son of God, has so blessed us. We're unworthy of his blessing. But tonight to have the sternness and boldness of the Holy Spirit to claim to an audience of people even into the thousands and tens of thousands around the world that Jesus still lives and his word is true. And when he was here on earth, he said, I come that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet. And tonight, Father, these things I speak and do that the scripture might be fulfilled, that Jesus said, I'll be with you to the end of the world, and the things that I do shall you also Grant it, Lord, that many will see and believe tonight. There's many sick people. Thou hast them all in thy hand. Ordain and choose, Lord, tonight. And work in a marvelous way. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, my father wasn't able to send me to school and get an education and many things. Maybe God just gave me this gift that I might help his people in another way. 
But now I want to ask you something sincere. Now I've talked to you at least tonight about Jesus, what he is, who he is, what he does, what he did do. Now if he will come to this platform and show every sign that I spoke of tonight, right here at this platform that he did, would you everyone, you newcomers and all, now you're first timers here, would you with all your heart believe that he still lives and reigns? Will you do it? Raise your hand now. Thank you. Now, I trust that he will. Now, remember, friends, there's, I'm all I'm saying this and making this statement is all by grace. This does really the way that God, out, how many have been with me at different places and away from church and at my home and other places where they have seen the Spirit of God come up on me and tell things just exactly what was going to happen and see it take place that way. Raise your hands anywhere to me. That's living. Now, not in church. I thought away from different places. See? Oh, this is just minor here. I'll be walking down the street. He'll tell me, now go to the next corner. There's to be a lady coming this way. She'll be in a wheelchair. She's got a Bible in her hand. And I'll tell them, what was it? You watch. We're going to move there. The Lord is going to heal that person. And right there will happen. Now, they're going to ask you to come over here on this train. Don't you go because I want you to go down here. There'll be a sick baby. They'll call for you day after tomorrow. You'll pray for it by phone. Don't leave. The baby, you tell the mother where it's dressed and where it's laying on the bed. I'll see it just exactly. And you tell her that. It'll be healed. I'll stay right there and wait for it. Okay. Now, how many knows of those things and knows that that's true? It's been with me in other places. Raise your hands again like that and see this. See it? And see what I mean? See, it just never fails. It can't fail. God cannot fail. And now, friends, could you stop a minute and could you just reach up and get all the doubts and all the little things that's in your mind, spiritually speaking now, and put them under your feet and hold them there a few minutes, and to think that if these things be the, if this be the true Bible, which it is, and Jesus be the resurrected Son of God, the very one that hung at Calvary, the very one that's the God of eternity that's standing right here now right in this building and right by you think of that friend aren't you happy for that how marvelous now you don't have to be up here now to be prayed for I ask you out there just to pray yourself say God I'm in need and I, I want you to heal me and if Jesus is the same now, you say, well, what about Jesus? Now, how many knows that his body is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God? Let's see. That he's sitting there, that body is in there making atonement. His blood is on that saint, on that the mercy seat. And someday he'll raise from there and come to the earth in a corporal body. Is that right? But now, he's here in the form of the Holy Ghost. How many believe that the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Jesus Christ? The I, personal pronoun that will be with you, in you, to the end of the world. Now, he's here in the Spirit form. See? And he, he sets in the church himself, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, gives gifts into the church. He's lovely, isn't he? Now, that's what he does. And the only thing you can do is... The only thing I can do is yield myself. Just yield. Just get myself out of the way. And just let him say. Is, Billy, is this, is this, uh, brother Wood, if you will, come here, lady, Billy. Now, 
this lady who is standing before me, I suppose we're strangers to each other, are we, lady? We have never met in our lives. I want you just to watch now so you can draw the Ask the lady. She's here as an uh, uh, eternity-bound person. And I've got to stand with this woman because we both live in the same generation. I've got to stand there for the day of judgment. And you've got to stand with me. And I'll give witness. You better receive it tonight. Now, we know not one another. I have no way of knowing you. We're two different people, and we're, I'm a white man, you're a colored woman. And it's a very beautiful picture, again, of the same thing that happened. Somehow another night, I was going to call from number one, but something kept telling me, say 35, say 35. And I started to say one, something said 35. And I said 35, and a colored woman raised up for first. There you are. Now, what is it? It's a picture. The Holy Spirit's right here now. See? It's a picture to show you people that Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, here, he was a Jew. The woman at the well was a Samaritan, a different race. And there was a racial segregation. And here's the same thing tonight. White man, colored woman. And when the Jew said to the woman, said, bring me a drink, she said, oh, this segregation law is the worst cause us. How do you Jews have any dealing with us? Not custom for you to ask such a thing as that. See? Oh, it was awful. But Jesus let her know right quick, there's no difference. We're all creatures of God, regardless of our color. But here it is, and Jesus talked to her a few minutes until he carried the conversation, until he found what her trouble was. Then he told her. And what did she say? Why, we know the Messiah will do this when he comes. But who are you? Are you a prophet? He said, I'm the Messiah. Now, if that was his sign then, it'd be his sign tonight. You believe that, lady? Now, as an eternity-bound person, I preached at length. And uh, a person that got to meet you at the judgment. And the audience here, there's nothing undercover. It's right. God doesn't do things undercover. He does things out in public. And by the grace of God, I don't say he'll do it. I may have to say, well, lady, I'll pray for, for whatever's wrong with you and, and let you go on. I may have to do that if he doesn't anoint me. But if he would anoint me with his spirit, then if his spirit that lived in the body of Jesus would happen to come up on this body by grace, not worthy, but his blood sanctifies and makes worthy. Then if he would anoint me for the purpose of the salvation of these people and reveal to you this what's wrong with you like he did what was wrong with the woman. Would you believe with all your heart that he's raised from the dead and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Will the audience believe the same thing? Amen. All right. May the Lord grant it is my prayer. Now, if I could help you, lady, and wouldn't do it, I'd be a terrible person. But I, I can't help you no more than I can yield myself to the Spirit of God. But seeing now, as the Holy Spirit begins to anoint you, and you're conscious that something's going on, that, that, that's the Holy Spirit. That you are a Christian. You're a believer. Yes? It's just your life couldn't be hid now. See, that that you feel, that this time, actually feel it working in you. The standing between me and you is a lie. It's the angel of the, the same Spirit that see, met Paul on the road down to Damascus, a light. 
They got the picture of it. Did you ever see the picture of it? You see it in my books and where I've had it in Washington, D.C. That's just exactly what's moving on you right now. You are a nervous woman. That is right. You're bothered with a nervous trouble. You got a lot of sorrow. You got something on your heart that's real bad. And it's concerning someone, a son. That's right, isn't it? That son is a mental condition. Isn't that right? Does Jesus still live today? Oh, yes. Thank you. Certainly. That's him standing here now that knows you. Not your brother, it's him. Will you believe him now? Will you believe him, audience? Our Heavenly Father, feeling the dove come sailing down from heaven, standing here to anoint and to help we poor unworthy creatures. And here stands this, our sister in Christ tonight, being the first one to walk up here to display her faith in thee. She has someone who is suffering. Just now, Lord, thou knowest all about it, and she herself is suffering. And with the humility of my heart, and with all my strength and soul, I pray that you will Give to her the desire of her heart, and in confirmation of thy word, which you said, these signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. And this I do in Jesus' name. Amen. I report this to their condition. Find it, even as you had believed. May the Lord grant it. You love him? Now, just a few moments to get a few of these people up here. How do you do, lady? Now let uh, everybody be real quiet, be real reverent, and we don't know just what he will do. Oh, someone in the audience touched him just then. That's right. It was a woman, and she had a thing around her arm. One of these things that the doctor squeezes and blows up. Just a moment. She's here just as soon as the woman had touched his garment. Right on the end of the row, high blood pressure. <clears throat> that's right, isn't it, lady? If that's right, stand on your feet. The colored lady here at the little time. Amen. <laughs> Is he still Jesus today? The woman, no car, no nothing, just sitting there. And she touched him. Ah, sister, the Lord bless you and give to you the desire of your heart. And as Jesus said to the woman, go in peace. May God reign with you. Amen. It's just simple believing, having faith, if thou canst. Believe all things are possible. Now, sister, you. Now, you're, you're a white woman. And you're a white man. Now, we come. God will respect a person. Did you see what he did for the colored lady just a few moments ago? Now, he can do the same for you. And now, I can't do nothing for you because I'm just a man. But I can yield myself to the Holy Spirit and by a gift. That was chosen before the world ever began. You believe that? Yes. 
gifts and callings are without repentance. God told the prophet Jeremiah, before you even formed in your mother's womb, the ordained your prophet over the nation. Now you're conscious that something's going on right now. Isn't that right? Just since I look to you and you look to me, there's been a strange feeling, like a real sweet, lovely feeling. If that's right, raise your hand to the people. See? Because between she and I, there spends that light of God standing by us. I see a darkness, a shadow of black behind her. The woman is extremely nervous because she's shattered by death. That's a tumor that's malignant. That's right. But between you and I stands light and life. You can't doubt but what something here knows you. Is that right? Now walk up into life and accept the light, the Lord Jesus, and accept healing. And the tumor or cancer, life will go from it. You'll live. Can you believe? Do you now believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lives and here to help you now? Would you come forward just a moment that I might lay my hands on your And Father God, who loved the creatures of this earth, I ask now that in Jesus' name that you condemn the shadow of death over the woman and may the light of God break forth and may she live. And we charge this unclean devil death spirit to leave her in Jesus Christ's name. Lord, it was written by your own disciples that you said, in my name they shall cast out devils. And this I do in Jesus' name. Amen. Go and God's peace be with you. Would you come, ladies? Have faith in God. I believe just a moment. Don't doubt. Are you believing in the audience? Everybody believing? Jesus said, If thou canst believe, now I see standing before me a white woman. She's touching the master. And she is in this audience. And she sits right down here with a red sweater on, suffering with a trouble in her chest. Frightens you when it left you, didn't it, sister? A lady sitting there with kind of sharp bobbed hair. Would you stand up a minute with a red sweater on? Isn't it wonderful to be free of that spirit? You've touched him now. Go in peace and God be with you. Amen. I've seen some of them with a red sweater and seen this lady with a red dress, uh, the red coat. I looked and it was, I seen, I thought, no, the woman had a red sweater. And I looked and here she was down here. I see it was her trouble. Now, I'm a stranger to you, lady. I don't know you as far as I'm capable of knowing now. We're strangers to each other, but God knows us both. Is that right? I went to see you in Canada. You went to see me in Canada. And saw many miracles that God performed. You saw many miracles in Canada that God performed as a prayed for the state. Sure. Of course, I wouldn't know you. You know what I mean to know you personally. I wouldn't have no way of knowing you that way. You was in a meeting maybe where... Was that this last meeting in Saskatchewan? It was in 1946. Oh, 1946. That's when I first started. 
Uh, perhaps that was up in Winnipeg, somewhere like that. I believe I was in Winnipeg. Well, it was in that, uh, well, 38, I began to see glorious visions. Yeah. And the Lord stretched forth his hand and said, Go and strengthen this man, and it was you, and you're me. And I saw a huge, beautiful star, which called himself the Star of Bethlehem, and it seemed to throw its radiance out over all the sick in your meeting. You heard that. It's the lady of vision she has when she come to my meeting in Canada in 46. Now you're here for some purpose, lady. Yes. Now the Lord knows. Now the Lord has not lost his strength since he appeared in that meeting as the morning star and showed his radiance over the audience. There was a Mexican man sitting here last night who saw the dove of God come down in that light over this audience. Now, now, the Lord Jesus bless you, and you being a lady just standing there, I just want to see if the Lord will reveal to me what, uh, what you're here for. And, and then, if the Lord will, then I pray, and, and the Lord probably will give to you your desire. I yes. trust that he will. I pray that Three he Three nights before I started on my journey up here from Pinesville, while you walked in front of me, in the vision, and the Holy Spirit said, this is Brother Brandon. She said she, uh, from Pine Bluff, somewhere here, she come here with, uh, and before she got here, the, she seen me in a, a vision walk before, and the Holy Spirit said, this is Brother Brandon. And for and, three weeks I had an urgent desire to come up here because I have been told a uh, month or two ago of uh, you having an appointment here on uh, September 30th. Yeah, she heard that I had an appointment here. Uh, she had a desire to come in here to have the appointment. All right? Now, there's something the Lord wants you here for then. Yeah, I want you. that I saw blind eyes open from children and from soldiers under the ministry of this man. Amen. The Lord Jesus is wonderful. Now, he's good and he's full of mercy. You're here tonight to see me. It's because I see you've been in another meeting, too, someone else. I see a man coming to you, and he was telling you, an evangelist, that there was something wrong with your heart, that it was about three times its normal size. That's right. That's I didn't want to call his name before the public. Is Mr. Hayes is who it was. And he told you you had a tumor, a malignant tumor, a cancer in your stomach, and you, the Lord has sent you here. I don't mean to condemn Brother Hayes, but that's wrong. And that's why the Lord has sent you here. You that see, you know the truth. Sure, come here, man. want to know that this yeah. is true. That's why the Lord sent you to give you the vision. See, he wants you to know the truth, and that's why I passed by you in your vision or what it was the other night that God sent you here to know truth. I hate to condemn the man's word, but it's wrong. It's not so. Not no man that isn't so. Go in the Lord Jesus bless you. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, straighten this woman since she's almost become a nervous break on the count of this. And I pray, God, that you will make her to understand and know now that it's your grace that's been imparted to her that she could come here tonight and these things would be told. I pray that she'll return to her home happy, rejoicing, and not be bothered anymore, and give glory to thee throughout the country and around about. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say something. My brother is very talking to me and discouraging me about what 
Well, he was so on our rejoicing. See how long he was? Well, I'm you go and rejoice and be happy. Now, how could you doubt God being in our midst now? See? How wonderful. Would you come, ladies? Now, just, just a few moments more, and let this young lady stand in here. And may the Lord answer prayer. Now, young lady, as far as I know, I, I, I don't know you. I must tell this lady this. You can't let it get by. Lady was up here. Quick. See? Don't fool with that. That's pure spiritualism. Stay away from it. See? I rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, that evil thing is telling you that lie. You stay away from that. All right, the Holy Spirit, you're just putting out. I didn't want to say something right out. There's many things to be said, but just in that way. Now, young lady, do you believe with all your heart? All right. Are we strangers to each other? Yes, perfect strangers. Perfect strangers. The lady sitting out back there is bothered with breathing, aren't you, lady? Sitting out with a little black town. I see you trying to stand before me, trying to... In your chest, your trouble is. It's left, your sister. Amen. There's a lady sitting there, no way at all of knowing, just sitting there praying. And the Holy Spirit spoke. Here she stood here in front of me. I looked around to see where it was coming from. It was right there. Isn't the Lord wonderful? If thou canst believe, all things are possible. I see a young lady standing before me. Oh, how wonderful. My. Just a moment. She's sitting out on the end of the road. She suffers with headaches. You believe that the Lord Jesus make you well? You accept it? You wipe the tear from your eye? You believe with all your heart? Raise up your hand to Christ and accept it. All right, God bless you. Your faith touches Him. Now look at that man sitting there praying. Kind of black hair, thin in front. He's got a great burden. I see a dark shadow hanging over him. He's wearing a brown suit and a red tie, I believe. He's praying for someone. Isn't that right, sir? That is right. It's a woman, isn't it? Cancer. Have faith. Believe. Your mother-in-law will get well and you'll be all, she'll be all right if you just believe. Amen. You believe? It's your chest. That's right, isn't it? And it's just some kind of crush, mash in your chest. And there's a bone, they say, laying close to the heart, which causes you to smother. You can't sleep either, can you? I see you getting up and walking around. Isn't that right? Just been a terrible thing. But the Lord is here to make you well. You believe He knows you? You believe Jesus is raised from the dead? 
Well, Irene, who can she do anything oh, with? Shut up, my God. and send it to your daughter down in Little Rock, Arkansas, or that kind of condition, and you'll see get well. You believe he's here? Let's stand and praise him and get healed. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we condemn every evil spirit and heal the sick just now, Lord. And I pray that you'll give great glory and Satan, come out of this people. And leave this building in Jesus Christ's name. Give God praise and be healed, every one of you. 